say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Castle of Horror, the show dedicated to horror movies and awesomeness. This week we continue our retrospective on Atomic Age Horror with the 1958 monster movie The Blob, starring Steve McQueen. Bear in mind, if you haven't seen today's movie, we're going to be talking about it from the perspective of horror fans who have seen it. So warning, spoilers ahead from Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Jason Henderson, co-author of California Tiki, coming this August from the History Press. With me from Austin is Tony Salvaggio, tech director at Rooster Teeth lead singer and bassist of the band Deserts of Mars, and lead guitarist of the band Rise from Fire. Say hello, Tony. Howdy. Howdy. Also in Austin is Mr. Drew Edwards, creator of the long-running indie comic Halloween Man, and coming July 4th from Comixology and Sugar Skull Media, the new Lucy Chaplin Science Starlet special. We just did an interview about that. Oh, hello, Drew. Hello. Hello. And... Finally, also in Denver, as always, color commentary from attorney Julia Guzman of Guzman Immigration of Denver. Say hello, Julia. Hello, Julia. Hello. Welcome back. I am so <laughs> excited to talk about The Blob. I don't think I had seen this movie since about the time that the remake of The Blob came out. So it um, is very interesting to go back to it. So The Blob is a 1958 independently made, so this is special, independently made American sci-fi horror film in color, bright color, produced by Jack Harris, directed by Irvin Yeaworth, written by Kay Lineker and Theodore Simonson. The film stars Steve McQueen in what many people call his feature film debut. I don't know precisely what that means because he did appear in a couple of other movies, but they were very tiny roles, so maybe that's what a debut means. I don't know. Annette Corso. Uh, as his co-star, she was the one who played Andy's girlfriend on the Andy Griffith program. Um, it came out from Paramount Pictures in a double bill with I Married a Monster from Outer Space, which was one of the films we've already done in this retrospective. The story is about a growing, corrosive alien. It's an entity that crashes to Earth 
from outer space inside a meteorite. It devours and dissolves citizens in the small communities of Phoenixville and Downington, Pennsylvania, growing larger, redder, and more aggressive each time, eventually becoming larger than a building. So this is the blob. This is the ever-loving blob. So I want to start out with Julia, then Tony, and then Drew, and then I'll, I'll go. It is okay if you did not love the blob the way I love the blob, but I want to hear what you thought. So give me just like two minutes. Top line thoughts, Julia, the blob. Well, um, I enjoyed it, first of all. I think it's a lot of fun and interesting. Um, Definitely, it is a film of its time. There's a lot of, you know, it's interesting that the more we talk about these uh, films in the context of, of, you know, the Me Too movement and all the other kinds of current uh, issues of the day, that you watch these things and you go, wow, they really just didn't care about these issues at all at that time. You know, there's not, there's not any concern over uh, how, um, you know, that women don't want to be grabbed by the arm constantly or other things like this. Um, But it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely um, terrifying in parts. There's a lot of things that are irritating as far as little, you know, incongruities or whatever you want to say about, um, that suddenly one scene from the next from one scene to the next you'll be like wait wasn't this character supposed to be doing this you know like wasn't this kid supposed to be searching for help and isn't there a blob yes. attacking some guy back at the doctor's house or whatever and now they're drag racing what but you know it's really fun and i'm enjoy I'm, i will enjoy the conversation <clears throat> cool tony what are your thoughts um yeah i like it it is definitely of its time um i it's was slower than i remembered it and i have no problem with that it was just i think having maybe i've watched the 80s blob more than i thought which has uh you know a lot more action beats to it Mm. uh so i remember this being a little bit more fast-paced but uh i mean maybe it's appropriate that the this version of the blob especially is slower (laughs) but uh it's i really enjoy this uh Again, it was one of those that I remember fondly because I watched uh, watched it with my grandfather mm. um, over the summer. I used to stay with my grandparents in uh, Hearn, Texas, um, most summers. And so, you know, we found common ground like that. It was really cool. So I remember watching that with him and had fond memories. Um, yeah, it was good. It's not quite as good as I remembered it from nostalgia, but I still dig it. And I think... I think it's still an important film. Mm, that's well said. Uh, True. What are your thoughts? <clears throat> um. So I have seen this movie several times. I don't remember the first time I I ever watched it, but I'm sure I probably watched it when I was a when I was a kid because I just devoured monster movies. I have a lot of fond memories of the the 80s version because I remember very distinctly going to see that one at the drive-in theater. And I actually think as remakes go, that's a pretty good remake. Um, I hadn't seen this version in a while and I I enjoyed it. It was very eye-opening because it was a lot more um, grim I guess for lack of a better, because it opens with the extremely like kitschy mm-hmm. theme music, but the tone of the actual movie is a lot different than that. The tone is actually a lot darker than I had remembered and which, which was, it was, it was pleasant actually. I, I, I kind of dug it, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun movie. The special effects are, you know, they hold up pretty well. I mean, there's a, it, it's, it is a big blob, you know, so it, 
you know, it's going to look like what it's going to look like. But I don't know. I enjoyed rewatching this. It's it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it, it, it to my to my pleasure, it, it holds up pretty damn well. That's great. Uh, from my perspective, I I really like the blob. I think. Uh, there, there are such there are peculiarities about it that I really enjoy. I love what it looks like. Uh, I love its small town setting. Um, I think, you know, there are things that are absurd about it, and one of them is Steve McQueen. I mean, uh, you know, Steve McQueen is is 27 years old, which Julia points out is still younger than Luke uh, Perry was when he was playing Dylan McKay on on 90210, but not by much. Uh, he's 27. Well, he's got crow's feet. Yeah. By six you know. years. I mean, Luke was 33 years old when he was playing Oh, he was 33? Show. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, so it was, yeah. But, uh, but it was... no, it, it is hard to buy him as a, as a teenager, for sure. Steve McQueen has crows, <laughs> right? He's a former Marine. You know, he's not very tall, but he doesn't, there's nothing about Steve McQueen that says teenager. And so it's it's fun to, to see him in this role because it's absurd uh, the way that he's playing it. Uh, nevertheless, he's great. He's fun to watch. And, and um you just sort of accept yeah sure okay for whatever reason he's he's a kid in this universe um so what i the place to start is uh one of the reasons i really wanted to choose this film is uh stephen king in his book dance macabre talks a lot about how at the center of horror films from this period the 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 central thing is the teen gang and the teen gang is always what looks into the problems, you know, things like in the star creatures and other, other movies like this and, uh, or the, sorry, the eye creatures. And, uh, it's no different here. And they are, you know, we've got, we've got a teen gang, just like we saw in the giant, giant Gila monster, you know, they are drag racers. Uh, Drew, do you, did, did you have any, any thoughts about the, the sort of gang of, of, really not at all hoodlums that Steve McQueen is, is leading around. I, I actually, Steve McQueen aside, I actually feel like they're a lot less believable to me than the ones in the giant Gila monster for some reason. I'm with um, you there. Yeah. Like these guys just don't like something, maybe because it's in that, that cause it's in color. I, I don't know, but, or, or maybe it's just that, that the acting's not quite there, but I, you know, I fully buy Steve McQueen as like a hot rodder. I don't, I yeah. don't buy him as a teenager, but like, I, I, I fully believe that this is a guy that's like in, in part of car culture. Sure. The rest of these teenagers, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it just seems like they're reading lines. Like there's a, the, you know, there's, there's not amazing acting on the behalf of this teen gang in in either this movie or the the giant gila monster but there's such a there's a naturalism in the giant gila monster that 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 I just don't I don't see here for whatever oh, yeah. reason. Well, it's just how they approach everything too. They I mean, he blows past them and they're like we're not going to let that happen and they want to race and then it gets kind of silly and then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, well, everything's okay. It, they act like there's this beef and then yeah, that's, that's true. just totally gone. And just yeah. the way they approach everything, none of it feels, it doesn't feel like there's a rivalry. It doesn't feel like they're good friends. It doesn't really feel like they have like a car gang rivalry thing. I don't know. It's a really odd. <laughs> okay. That, that part is very strange because when we first, uh, uh, when we first meet Steve McQueen, um, uh, he, well, uh, Let's see. After, uh, well, let's skip the the business with the blob and the old man because I just want to talk about these characters for a moment. 
Steve McQueen and the gang. The first time Steve McQueen meets the gang, it's because he zooms past them because he's taking somebody to the doctor. And uh, then, yeah, they treat him like he's uh, like like they're antagonistic, like they don't even know him all that well. But later on in the movie, they treat him as though he's like their leader. So it's okay. It could very well be that that's just a flaw in the script here, because there is never a moment where anybody explains exactly what Steve McQueen's relationship is to these other kids. What they do explain and spend a lot of time explaining is that there is a good cop and there's a bad cop. These kids do a lot of shtick, right? They, they, you know, they steal one another's car and they, you know, they, you get the impression they probably shoot out some lights occasionally or whatever. And, you know, but I don't even get the impression they do anything so bad as like in uh, the stand where, remember, they're using a baseball bat to destroy mailboxes. None yeah. of that. None yeah. of that. <laughs> you know what they feel like? They feel yeah. like gang members in the West Side Story Disney movies. No, in Disney <laughs> movies, like yeah. you know, you would see them in any movie that has a jalopy. Yes, <laughs> uh, there's a certain style and there's a certain way of acting, and these guys have that. Yeah. Maybe purposely because that was the thing of the time. But they, well, <laughs> in retrospect, takes, they feel like that. Yeah. What ticks me off off and i know this is totally skipping to the end but is that the cop never apologizes for the bad cop never apologizes for being such a jerk and doubting because throughout the film he always just basically assumes that everything they say is a lie or that they have whatever happens coming to them because they're hoodlums and he never apologizes at the end when we find no. out that the blob is killing people for being such a jerk so, <laughs> so, so i will not yeah go on record as defending jerk cops. But the impression <laughs> I get from this guy is he is actually, maybe he was a jerk all the time, maybe he wasn't. But I get the impression from the, his interactions that he's the guy that all of the kids have decided, like, yeah. when we give people guff, that's the dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, if we could can, be, if we can pull as close to him as possible, you know, if it was skateboard culture, we would skateboard right in front of it. Like, Anytime that guy yeah. and I, I think you, know, you, think, you, think, they put, you think they put yeah. pepper in his tea to quote the, the yeah. yeah. I think I think that I think <laughs> the cyclical thing where he's yeah. probably a little bit more uptight than he should be, and he was in the war. You know, he, they kind of bring that up, and he's like, but I think all of the because they have a nickname for him. He's that guy, and yeah, I, I think it's just this mix of <laughs> they're gonna be the most delinquent to that guy yeah. whereas uh dave it's dave right lieutenant dave is the nice one yeah, yeah. so dave is like oh man come on kids like really cut him some slack just try to be well, cool just all of, like across the board he's trying to reach out he's trying to be the cop yeah you know from Gila monster kind of yes. right and so and he's been through probably stuff as well but he's trying to make peace whereas the other guy is having none of it all the time because delinquents are delinquents and they'll never not be delinquents. And I, you know, he does more than enough stuff to to not be, you know, Officer Dave, but he's also I get the impression that it's it, it's not all just on him. It's a war that's been stewing and and uh Lieutenant Dave gives us more backstory. They say he says that that Bird is pissed off because Somebody killed his apparently his wife died in a car accident with a 17-year-old. And so uh, now now Bert 
has it out for all teenagers. You know, okay, fine. But Bert probably has, he also says, he acts like he's still fighting the war. So Bert, look, Bert is dealing with all kinds of issues. Well, that's, um, that's why yeah, I say that this movie has a little, a little darker yes. quality to it than I remember. That, like that there's all this, you know, it sounds like he might have post-traumatic this yeah. they wouldn't have called it then yeah. in, in that then but it sounds like this guy has post traumatic stress issues they call it I, shell shock I, yeah, yeah shell and shock. i i i just found that kind of fascinating absolutely that, that, that they they went there and it's an incidental issue you know yeah. it, it doesn't actually really other than the fact that it means he hates teenagers it never really comes up again yeah. and i i i just was kind of gobsmacked by that i think that that's kind of interesting that they just threw that out there it's it's cool i i, I love it you know, think about it you're putting together a story and you have to fill like 20 minutes before everything really kicks in and and this is this is good stuff if you're gonna have this business of juvenile delinquents against cops you know i i, I sort of enjoyed the interactions joy you're about to say something i'm sorry uh, i don't remember that's okay. Good. What I wanted to mention one more thing about this gang thing because it is fascinating to me. Uh, is so Stephen Steve McQueen says that uh, sorry, not Stephen McQueen. I apologize. Stephen King says, and I'm a little bit sort of simplifying what he said, and I'm definitely paraphrasing because I can't remember exact words. But he says, you know, what's interesting about these gangs is they're always in these movies, and even though the the uh, adults don't trust them. What's wild about these gangs is that uh, gangs of kids is that they are still upholding the status quo. Bottom line, they're always they're never really that rebellious because they don't want to be. You know, in the end, what they want is the same thing that everybody else wants. You know, so but but they are so much status quo that they're even all they're all beautiful. Nobody, you know, rarely do they even wear glasses. None of them have chronic allergies. None of them have, you know, smallpox scars. Everybody, you know, they're, they're all model handsome, and there's a there's a curious white sameness to all of them. Now, obviously, this is circular because they are that because they're movie stars, you know, and and this is kind of in a pre-integrated uh, period. But you know, well, McC also like the the homogeny, the fact that they aren't deep down actually mm -hmm. hoodlums, you right. know. Like they wouldn't show that in a movie like this. If it was a if it was a movie about teen violence or you know like like actual like hot rod or motorcycle gangs, it might be different. But because of the time period and because these characters are supposed to be heroic, of course, yeah. ultimately they're going to be agents of the the status quo. I don't think that that you know that it's quite fair to really look at what actual teen culture was like simply based off of of these kind of movies because I don't think it's a hundred percent accurate representation. Well, no, I, 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 with, I agree with you. And that, that's a, that's a totally, totally good point. Um, I think, but, but think about this, like class of 84, that's the one where uh, the, the, the principal Perry King plays the principal of a new, of a new high school. And he has all these wonderful liberal ideas, but the teens like, like, yeah. you know, if I recall, they like maybe, Dude, no, that movie's super dark. They Those like, those are not just hoodlums. Those are sociopaths. They like break in his house and sexually assault his wife and put her in the hospital, and he winds up murdering them all. You know, it's so funny how quickly <laughs> our, our view of of like of like the local hoodlums is gonna go like straight downhill. You know, um, 
Yes, you're you're right. If, if I recall, by the end of Class of 1984, he like kills half of them in in shop, and then he drops a piano on one of them. Uh, it's yeah, that's a good movie. We got to get to Class of 1984 eventually. Whoa. But here, back no. in 1958, <laughs> there. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What did you say? No, I was just like, I was just cooperating. That movie's rough, man. <laughs> There's no sunshine and rainbows in that one. I shouldn't <laughs> laugh, but I mean, Class of '84. It's a well-made movie. I mean, that's a yeah. that is is really really solid. Um, anyway, okay. Uh, the, the other thing to note here is as we're seeing this this uh, you know this hot rod gang tool around town and kind of guff with the the police is there's really nothing else to do. This is a teeny teeny tiny town, and it's a real town. It really is, you know, a small town in Pennsylvania. You know, so when you see the supermarket, the drive-in, or the, or the, well, not the drive-in, the movie theater and the and the the diners and all that stuff, this is real. You know, it's can I, the, yeah, can please. I tell you the page, the page that I fold up right now? The page that I fold up right now is, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> the colonialtheater.com blobfest schedule for July 13th through 15th. Every year, this town of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, has a Blobfest weekend where they have <laughs> Friday night, they do the run out, which is where they actually run out and scream like they do in the movie. Then they have like um, every, like they have like the Blobfest street fair, which is just a typical festival in the street. Then they have all these different movies pairing, like, a, you know, double features, I guess, where they have the Blob and the Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, the Blob and I Married a Monster from Outer Space, huh. the Blob and, the, and Demon with the Atomic Brain. Those are the ones, so that this year, the, of course, the run out thing is already sold out, but some of the other things are available. But if you wanted to get your tickets for next year, get them now, I guess, because it looks like the Right now, smells sells out pretty fast. They, <laughs> but isn't that diners, fantastic that this town has become like the Bob Town? It's just so great. If the if the diners aren't serving all manner of red Jello desserts, <laughs> I'm gonna be so cranberry, disappointed. Cranberry sauce, yeah, cranberry sauce. All of them, dairy pies. They it ah. Uh, I hope. I just hope. I need to check this out. That's amazing. What what, I, what would you call a a, a cake? You know, like a dense chocolate cake that when you crack it open red, has, red a, has a cake. has a no, but it has a jello a jelly center. What would you call that? Because I've no, seen I mean, cakes like that. Just, you know, it sounds. Yeah, it's just the. It's just the layer. It's like a layer. Yeah, it's just a layer that they have of, of whatever that. In fact, we had that for oh. our wedding. We had a cake that had that kind of. Um, we got to figure this, my friend. Because I, I I'm telling you, you could make a wonderful sort of cake that looks like the. But uh, when the when this what kicks this thing off is uh, our our young friend, um, Steve McQueen sees a shooting star comes down. It lands somewhere, and an old man who lives sort of outside of town comes out and he sees this little meteorite, which, by the way, I'm saying would make a great cake because it could be like hard on the all around and then you could crack it, you know, with uh, with a spoon or something. And it would have like the jelly center. Um, Dear and that's... town of the blob, you can have this for free <laughs> if we can somehow run a podcast. Dear blob <laughs> sure have something yeah. like that. I'm sure they can't not, right? Like, right. that would be a thing. That's, that's a, oh, absolutely. I would also make it little, you know, like those skull candies that you buy at Halloween. You know the, sure. the you you crunch them and they got the jelly center. Same thing. I would just make little <laughs> little block now. Actually, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't want to make any number of things. Well, if you made it with rice, if you would make if you make like a rice 
uh, uh, milk chocolate, you would create that um, crate. <laughs> I like, I like that our our uh, movie critique has turned into a culinary school <laughs> of sorts. Oh well, that's such as this podcast. I think anybody who's listening, you probably. It says cherry blob. Okay, so five things to uh, definitely another reason. Five reasons to hit Phoenixville for Blob Fest. This was back in 2014, but it's probably the same now. It says cherry blob and TV dinners at Iron Hill Brewery. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I don't know what cherry blob is. That's that awesome. That's great. Yeah, I'm yes. sure they have a great time. <laughs> oh my gosh, nobody uh, nobody respects this meteorite. Let me just point out that uh, that's you know the, the old no, man. They, they touch it. They pick it up. And they each touch it, like they'd hand it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised the kind of slower the sound, the slower kid in the group doesn't just bite it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is hot. I burnt my at tongue. least lick it. Yeah. I burnt my this is very I don't know. I don't think this thing's very tasty. I should I should point out this is exactly exactly what happened. Uh, so the the first guy who finds it is a, is a guy who lives. He's an old man. Uh, is a guy who lives in a house way outside of town, off the grid, no lights. He's away from the highway. You know, you got to walk through the woods to find his house. And uh, he finds this thing sort of on his land. This is exactly what happened in the lonesome death of, uh, of what was it? The, Jody the lonesome, Virgil. Okay, yes. Jo Jody, Jordy Virgil? Jo some, uh, yeah. It, whatever, but it was the lonesome death, anyway, in, in Creepshow. Same thing. Same exact thing. You know, he comes out, he finds it, he cracks it. Um, and in the middle of it, there's this, there's this Jordy gunk. Bird. Jordy yeah. Barrow. Jordy wow. Verrill. How yes. do I forget these things? I should not forget these things. You but. did a heck of a lot better than I did. But uh, and in this case, in that one, it's uh, it's just a uh, about you know a cup and a half of glowing green goop. In this one, it's Meteor a sort shit. of a yeah. In this one, <laughs> as he, it's as a says. yes. It's a a blob. It's a like literally just a little, almost like a balloon. Um, that is that is sort of a rich dark brown, and he pokes it with uh, a stick like you do and it, <laughs> and then rather stupidly immediately lets it sort of drip onto his arm where it immediately starts burning him and then he's in trouble and and that's what kicks off the story is that's that this thing has taken well, over his arm yeah the whole plight with the old man and you know it's it, it's it, it it follows a lot of similar beats in the remake, but like it is so sad. Oh to yeah, watch this like I I I was again I I don't know that I rem like it it has been a few years since I've seen this version. I was really kind of surprised at how kind of bleak the the passing of this old man. Yeah, yeah, it's really sad. yeah, no, it is, yeah. and and it's nobody's disrespectful at all. It's it's um, that's the other thing I, I think know. is really interesting. Well, okay, well let let me, let me say this I, one thing real quick. Yeah. I think that everybody plays a role in this community, such that when they take the guy to the doctor, the doctor immediately says, "Hey, kids, go back out to this old man's house." to uh see if you can find any any more information or whatever they're not cops or anything it's just this is a different time you know he practiced that old man practically lives in the 19th century and they're much not much farther along in this little town you know and, and he's like i know there's nobody i can call on you kids 
you are now deputized to whatever. Go check it yeah, out. Yeah, but that's, go ahead, that's why I said I don't know because then what do they do? They go drag racing. That's because they're kids. I mean, they immediately. That's my point. Is this pretty disrespectful <laughs> yeah. to go, oh, yeah, we picked up that guy uh, and dropped him off and he looked like he was suffering and he had this really weird disease, but let's go drag racing. I mean, that's disrespectful. <laughs> he just gets distracted. I, I mean, that's it, my point. It, I, I'm not saying it's real. But in the script, this is what happens. He leaves. You know, the doctor says, go back to the old man's house, see if there's anybody who knows anything. They leave. He immediately gets in this business. Well, first of all, he gets stopped by the gang. And they challenge him to a race. And he does one just to get them off his back. And then he deals with the cops. And then he goes, oh, man, I completely forgot the doc asked me to do something. Now, I agree that was only 15 minutes ago <laughs> or, or less. But, you know, that's, yeah, you're right. I don't know what, what else. Uh, the other thing you could have done is he could have gone, whoa, guys, I don't have time for this bullshit. I got to head out to the, to the old man's house because he's in there with, with a weird parasite eating his hand. Um, you're totally right. So that happens. Anyway, they, uh, they go out. Uh, the only purpose to going out to the old man's place, all the kids come. By the way, the gang is starting to form. All the kids come out to the house, and that's when they do the business that Tony was just talking about, which is that all of these morons pick up this hot rock <laughs> and, like, throw it to one another. I'm surprised See, that none of them, right, none of so them. So this is the precedent for that whole thing where people go, like, oh, an alien in Prometheus, why would the scientists do this? Because people do dumb crap all the time. Yes, my, oh, you know what really proved it this past week? My sister, who is a teacher, who yeah. teaches bio, like, she has, I think she may even have a master's degree, mm -hmm. picked up a bat, despite all the signs that say, hey, bats are down, don't pick them up. Could be rabies. Bat like, an, like an Ozzy Osbourne bat? Or like a... Yeah, like, like a, a bat, yeah. like under okay. a bridge. Like a bat that flies around. They, they yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Rabies. They bite you. Yeah. Because, and that's why they have all the signs. <laughs> and, my don't pick up bats. Yeah, they usually say don't pick up bats. Yes, it's she admitted it did, and that's where I was like, I because I keep telling this people. This I know this digresses, but it's in the same vein when people point out like, why did they do that in this movie? Because people do dumb crap all no, the time. No, we do. We do. We we all do stupid things. Like I always, I like to point. I like to talk about the time that uh, an FBI agent came to my door uh, looking to do, they were doing a background check for somebody who was going to go work in the White House who used to live in the house before I did. This is back in Austin. And I, I swear, just FBI and background check for somebody who's going to work in the White House. I was like, ooh, that sounds important. And I go, well, do you want to come in? And it occurred to me later, he didn't want to come in because I didn't actually know the person. They just lived in the house before I did. But he didn't ask to come in. But then I was afterwards, I was like, what do you want to come in? He didn't show me anything. He just gave me a line. You know, he didn't like right. show me any identification or anything. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, I was like, this is how people get raped and murdered right here. That's exactly how that happens. If sure, somebody yeah, gives right. you a line and you go, yeah, come on in, sure. They do everything short of just rub the meteor on their face and then just <laughs> right. put it in their pocket. <laughs> that is hot. Weird. Yep. Ooh, this is hot. Yes. <laughs> and and it it uh it doesn't it, for what it's worth, it's not radioactive. Nothing happens to them. But right. uh you know, uh, well, I mean, not that in we the next know six of. hours anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, they all died horribly of various media related. Can you imagine? Complications of the media. There could be all these different things that happen based on just exposure to this blob rock that happened after yeah. they get rid of the blob. One of them is yeah, the guy. Like, oh, well, I, I like to think one of them is just one guy insatiably wanted to eat blob rocks. Yes. We're like, well, it was all downhill. He, right. Once he'd eaten most of the meteor, he just started eating other rocks. <laughs> well, you can you can imagine the the like the dumb guy. The, the, they have one guy who's pretty much dumber than the others. This is as as you know, yeah, yes. And if it'd be interesting if the blob rock started making him smarter than everybody else, and then he became <laughs> like the man with X-ray eyes, and then he, sure. and, you know, and eventually his his brain blows up, and he's back to being dumb again. Um, <laughs> yes, so we've just figured out the Blob television series. Ta-da. Right. But, uh, okay, they the only thing they get out there are pieces of, of rock, which they leave in the crater, and uh, a dog. They, they get the old man's dog. The dog will become a part of the gang for the rest of the movie. Um, and, and he's so cute. Oh, he is cute. <laughs> I like that they let him get away. Like, he gets away. He's yes. He's the smartest... He's actually yeah. the smartest person in the movie, the dog. It's survival instinct. Yeah. It's an animal. By the way, the this Blob television series you're talking about actually has been made. It's like the first two seasons of Smallville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where just everything is a meteor. Like, oh, oh my well, God. Makes you I forgot about things. that. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about that. That is a thing that existed. Yes. Yeah. See, the, the first two seasons are just like, well, kryptonite makes you have name it whatever <laughs> we need Superman to do this week. It was just why I actually didn't watch it. The yeah. yeah. Anyway. So yeah. the blob. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it's sentient, but I want to know what everybody else thinks. Like, what the I, hell I, is the blob? Yeah. It's a really solid question because one thing we do know. That that I'll just skip over this pretty quickly, so we don't have to waste too much time with it. It eats people, and once it eats two or three, it starts eating people super fast. I mean, like it it eats the doctor uh, such that only Steve McQueen sees it, and it eats him like in fifteen seconds, like boom. So yes, but what the heck is it? Like Drew, what is this? Is this a very clever bioweapon sent by Martians to clean out humans? What is what is the blob? That would be I, interesting. <laughs> I, I think it's some kind of giant in my mind it is a giant amoeba of some sort or or but it it seems to react completely on instinct like you you look at these other giant monster movies of this time period and you know we've done a few on the show and there's yeah. there's a sort of malevolent intelligence or animal intelligence about it i the blob just seems like it's just kind of rolling around eating people and i i don't think there's anything going on there i think in in many ways this is the purest example of like you know faceless evil that you could possibly mm-hmm. give it because it's but it's you also can't even really say it's evil because there's no malicious intent it's no more evil opinion. than a tornado, you know, yes. or or a volcano. It's just this thing that should yeah. never have been introduced, or or one of those predator, predatory, uh, you know, plants that accidentally get introduced to Texas lakes and end up killing all the other plants. 
Uh, well, I was yeah. thinking, I keep thinking about the flesh-eating bacteria, you know? Yeah. Good Christ, it's, yes. It's hard yeah. for me to imagine an ecosystem that the blob is supposed to exist in, though. Like, it's kind of like, like, like even with the alien creatures in the Alien franchise, <clears throat> like, I can sort of picture that on some planet, that's basically a really terrifying version of a lion. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, I'm like, what is the home planet of the blob like? And <laughs> is it the top of the food chain on that planet? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, how does it, I'm, if it had intelligence, you would say, oh, well, it, that's how, that's why it needs to migrate. Why is yeah, it a meteorite? Right. Exactly. Also, you know? also it could be that, um, and we've seen this in a few other things that it was a thing in the meteor that reacts to yeah. the uh, the climate and ecosystem of the earth and becomes so this weird thing. thing. It wasn't it was a thing that it attached itself to the meteor? I mean, it's encased in it, so that's not really. But yeah. the the parts that are in it that make up the blob are only the blob now because it was exposed to earth it's very possible there you is know, boy, of course, like that happens there is of course the the uh i i've read this quite a bit that 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 this is all a metaphor for the spread of communism and that's even why the uh the blob is red but i've always felt like that that was a little over overreaching myself Sometimes yeah. a blob is just a blob. <laughs> I, yeah. I really, seriously, don't believe it's communism. I I hear that, but I don't think so. Uh, I think um, I don't. I yeah, I agree with you that there's that there's symbolism here of some kind, but I don't think it's communism because it, it's more like I think it's the other way around. I think these guys. Something we didn't mention, but that uh, came up in some of the research, is that the people who made this movie were in the business before this film of making inspirational stuff. I think they just wanted to make something where, uh, you know, that in other words, I think this is intended to be uplifting, you know, sort of like War of the Worlds. You know, where everybody gets together and they take care of this thing. What's weird is that a religious group would have come up with with such a strange indictment of authority. You know, that that, that the kids are, are the ones who, who know what's going on. And by gum, nobody wants to believe them at all. That when, by the time the blob gets to the town, it, not only does it eat the doctor, it eats the nurse, it eats the old man. And uh, then it eats a car mechanic and um, and nobody will believe Steve McQueen because the doctor was actually trying to escape. By the way, the doctor nearly makes it out because the doctor like calls to go on vacation. He's not like running from the law or anything. No, no. But but he, he's like he's headed out to go on vacation for a night. He's going to a, a medical convention. And he's going to be gone for 24 hours. <laughs> and and uh, he actually is on his front porch locking the door. When Steve McQueen pulls up, and I was just, I was just, just imagining this poor doctor going, "God damn it! I nearly, nearly made it out of this stupid town." If it weren't for that stupid phone call with my neighbor, where I told her that I was going out of town, I would have right. made it. <laughs> so yes. Uh, anyway, they then uh, you get to, to be honest with you, I think if people, if I were to ask you guys last week, and none of us watched this movie in a while, what do you remember about the Blob? I mean, uh, well, let me throw it out there. What do you remember about the Blob? <laughs> like, what's what's just part of your of your memory of it? Obviously, well, the theater. It, yeah. What? 
the theater the, absolutely the theater. Yeah. absolutely the theater they uh it's it is the it is the key element that everybody um remembers even if they maybe never even seen the blob is mm-hmm. uh, is the blob coming through the uh the projection booth, oh, and all the people running out and screaming and all yeah. the people running, running out and screaming and all of that uh yeah you know and by that time by the time it eats the people in the theater, the blob has got to have killed like 60 people. You know, they, they give us a number. I can't remember what he it says was. 40 or 50, but he doesn't know either. Cause it's the fact that they haven't, people. they haven't had time to figure it out yet. Cause they're trying to chase the thing down. So they haven't like, besides, I mean, it's not like they have bodies to count because the blob consumes them. So all they know is how many people there may or may not have bought tickets and how many people may or may not have run out. Yeah. You know, what, what is the point where the cops start to believe Steve McQueen? I guess it's that. Not point. until it, then. Yeah. yeah at that point. And then Steve McQueen somehow, um, we, we do have a sequence by the way where we get to see the inside of steve mcqueen's uh father's grocery um and that's a kind of a neat sequence because i like right, well, they don't groceries. believe it then either because he's like remember they they make all that's that before. racket that's get... that's right before. that's my yeah. point that's my point is yeah. that even at that point they don't believe it because they're they made all the racket to try to call the cops over there and they're like we don't see anything you're just making stuff up and then the thing happens with the theater yeah yeah the, and and that's when yeah, because Officer what's his name? Sergeant Burt goes in the back of the grocery and comes out and goes, "There's nothing in there," you know. Yeah. And then people start screaming and coming out of the, out of the theater. And the blob is already on the move, and then winds up cornering Steve McQueen and his girlfriend, and uh, the well, little no, the little kid, the little brother goes. The little brother decides he's going to take him on with his toy gun. Yes. And then he starts. He backs into the uh, ends up running into the the diner, and yeah. so then and so the guys, the people who are already in there, the owner of the diner and and the whoever she the other woman is, um, they are also cornered. And then the only reason the teenagers get cornered is because they realize the little kid has gone in there. So they're all three. So it's all the kid's fault that they get cornered. That's right. <laughs> okay, and he's a sweet kid. The the actor yeah. who plays who plays that kid is adorable. Is, is really good. Yeah. You know. He, um. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love, I like the girl too. I have to, we have to take a moment to mention that Steve McQueen's girlfriend, uh, is played. What's the name of this actress again? It is Anita Corso, Anita Corso. And like I say, she, she played Helen Crump, who was, uh, Andy's girlfriend and then fiance and then wife on the Andy Griffith program. But here she plays yet another teenager and, She's wonderful. <laughs> She's. I like that when she sneaks out of her house, she changes into yet another extremely presentable outfit. I mean, right? You know. Yeah, she wears this adorable dress all day long with the with the petticoat made of tulle or whatever it is, and then she's going to change to go to, supposedly go to bed, but actually sneak out with Steve to go do more blob hunting and yeah. she, her blob hunting outfit is yet another lovely blouse with a nut with a skirt with a petticoat made of tulle under it and I'm like wow she really works hard I guess it's because she wants to impress the boyfriend not because yeah. she wants to impress the blob but um yeah, yeah she looks adorable she's great I, I I like this this actress um and she was good as Helen Crump by the way I, I recommend those episodes but uh yeah that brings us to the end because they're in the diner and Steve McQueen uh, hits on the notion that you can frighten the blob away by spraying it with something cold. Well, well, they they discover that when they run into the meat locker, which is actually the thing I always remember about the right. movie. Really? Because I, okay. I've spent well, quite a few times. 
few quite yeah, a bit of my life true. in meat lockers. So yeah. I remember like, well, and, and just about any time that I go in the one, I'm thinking, well, if I ever have to hide from the blob. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no joke. That's one, of, that's one of the benefits of being a butcher, is it, Drew? <laughs> no yeah. kidding. No kidding. Yeah. And it's damn cold in there, too. It's lucky that they don't have to spend too much time because, yeah, it, they don't quite put it all together. But that's when they notice that it runs away. And they think that it's running away because it's chasing the dog. But in fact, it's running away just because it doesn't like the cold. So later on, when, when they put it together, they tell everybody, and that's when the kids and the authority figures all team up. You know, they bre- the, the principal breaks into the high school in a moment that, that the movie gives us to show. That... I, kept, I kept joking that the teenagers were like, well, we can break in. We don't need, oh, never mind. Yes. <laughs> we, we know how to get into the school. We don't need to break anything. <laughs> we break in all the time. Yeah. But yes. Uh, never mind. Forget it. Yeah, yeah they, um, they get like yeah. sixty of these uh, of these CO two fire extinguishers, yeah. fire extinguishers, which presumably are super cold. I've never tested this. I have no idea if this. Well, is it's true. only the CO two ones because there's a couple. There are ones that are cold CO two. Yeah. There are other ones that are just the ones that you get for your house are usually like a sort of baking soda. It's not exactly baking soda, but it's a similar kind of thing. Interesting. And, uh, and they'll get everywhere in your house. By the way, I know this because I had to. <laughs> Try to put out a fire in an oven. Oh, bummer. Before. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, in my mind, I was there for that. But the, no, 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 uh, no. This was like a heating element in my oven just basically started arcing. Uh, <laughs> and, but yeah, everywhere, it's not fun to clean up. It's not cold. Imagine. Just terrible. I mean, Aww. did what it was supposed to do. Don't, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm glad <laughs> I had it. But uh, yeah, they, so the only ones, and that's why they... They have to go around everywhere to find the ones. They only need the ones that can make things cold. The rest of them are going to be useless. Very cool. So they have enough of them that they're able to spray this blob stuff, this blob with cold stuff until it kind of shrinks back and and just freezes in a in a smaller mound which they then um you know the government airlifts it to the arctic where we are told it will be safely secure as long as the arctic stays cold which about that <laughs> is, i thought that was really prescient of him He's yeah like, well oh man yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah. yeah the blob i gotta say though if if you know with the arctic melting you know the blob isn't the only thing that we have to worry about like like suddenly being well, yeah there's the beast the of 20,000 fathoms that's right and the also the whole ground and also the whole thing of all this drowning because the oceans rise well there's that world. <laughs> there's a there's a thousand unfortunate microbes that are probably threatening to everybody mm. um yeah giant sea yeah. cows yes so we so, shouldn't worry about the blob so much anyway and that's the end and it gives us a, a little uh, a little question mark uh did anybody know i, I and, and this is something that i literally had no knowledge of none 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 but they are watching a movie when they get attacked by the blob i did not know this is a real movie um, they're watching Dementia 13. Yeah. It's, it, is that the same thing as, um, oh no, it's it just Dementia. says released as Dementia. Yeah, it's Dementia, not Dementia 13. It's a different it says... Dementia 13. This is Dementia, which is Daughter of Horror. I know nothing about this film. Never seen it. I've seen Dementia 13, yeah. but I've never seen Dementia. Um, and it is uh, super the weird. The scenes so shown are from the recut. This is IMDb says recut version titled daughter of horror which had narration er, uh, narration edit added 
and the voice of the narration is Ed, Ed McMahon, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And then the poster, the poster they had outside <laughs> was what film did I tell you that was from? Now I'm trying to find it. Oh, that was um, uh, this, it was wasn't it um, Forbidden Planet? It was Forbidden Planet. It's Forbidden, Forbidden Planet, Planet. But yeah, they call Planet. it the Vampire and the Vampire robot. and the Robot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, I still want to see the Vampire and the Robot now. I'd very um, much love to see a movie called The Vampire and the Robot. But I mean, the, yeah, you know why don't they show? Uh, why don't they show dementia at Blobfest? That seems to be uh, maybe they do. They're, they're they didn't have, I mean, this year, but they probably have. Yeah, it's a super solid question. I mean, uh, uh-huh. but yes. So for what it's worth, Dementia 13 was from the 60s, but this is like this thing is like from 1955. So it's only like three years older. It looks great, by the way. I, I've never seen this movie, but I want to see it. It it looks uh, it looks really strange and right up my alley. Um, so yeah, so that's the blob. Uh, I I also want to mention one last thing before we get In the blob years. Forty million dollars, um, and uh, Steve McQueen was had been given the option of taking twenty five hundred dollars or ten percent of the profits, and he took the twenty five hundred because he didn't expect the film to make very much money. Yeah, of course, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> and the color, by the way, I just want to say the color in this thing is gorgeous. It's beautiful. The all the cars, you know, are just it's it's astonishing. I've heard people say, "Oh, the colors look fake." I'm like, they don't. Car- the colors don't look fake. The colors look like the colors, and they're amazing. You know, it's, it's like Tickman color. Watch like what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if you've on, watched people. movies like this before, this is what color like this looks like, and I love. Yeah, what it. is that? What does that person think about? Uh, was it the Wizard of Oz? I wonder. Well, the Wizard of Oz is more. Fate. I guess it's more fantasy, so maybe that's what they're picking up on. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know I don't understand means. people that watch movies and expect them to be like real life. I I yeah. never understood. <laughs> I never understood when understand like oh well, that doesn't look like reality, and I'm like well. It's not reality. But why would it's you go to the movies? Movie. You're just gonna watch reality. But what's yeah. strange here is that this is pretty much reality. You've got well. a, you've got Steve McQueen in blue jeans and a blue car in a street in Pennsylvania. This is what that looks like. I don't know what you know. There's that weird texture, though. I think what they mean is there's that weird ass texture of Technicolor that just you know it it pops like this. And yeah, but, and it does. but uh, we have movies now. Like th- this is the way color looked in movies at the at this point in time. However, we have movies now. Like we just did The Shape of Water several months back. Yes, uh, you know we have movies now that are stylized to a certain point, and you know people complain about that. You know, like people. Yeah. You know, I've had numerous conversations. I have a friend, Chris, who cannot um, get into the uh, the Tim Burton Batman films because he's like, well, I, get, I just can't wrap my head around which time period it's supposed oh, to be. Oh, good God. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not supposed to be any time period because it's Batman. And that's sad. the thing. It's, 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 it's stylization. If you want something that is completely real, I guess watch a documentary, but you're still one notch. You know, I mean, well, you could watch. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. Luckily, luckily, there's like one trillion hours of YouTube videos yes. where you can just watch. Right, them. There you go. 
like well, you know, the either the most boring or most inane reality you can possibly just watch. Go it's out, go out and live your actual life if you want real life only. I mean, I personally way prefer Technicolor to the kind of gritty color grading that tends to happen more often to show that somebody something's dark. It's just like your reality, but yeah. darker. <laughs> like, Give me a break, man. I don't I don't need to like why did I go to the movies? Shit's plenty dark right now. Just letting you know, you just watch the news. There's plenty of really fucked up dark shit. Exactly. All over. All the time, 24-7. You can fill your brain full of it if you want. I Mm -hmm. try to limit that. Yeah. But you know, (laughs) it's all there, man. If you if that's what you really want, the dark greediness, dark. Everybody is heroin addict, and I, I, I have no. I mean, sociopath, just like reality. <laughs> like, well, no, man. That's not why I go to the movies. It all depends. I mean, there's a there's like I love those gr- like grimy films from the '60s where they're just sure. using really really shitty film stock, so it's just grimy, grainy, you know, and, and the color doesn't look good. And somehow there's something about that that's interesting. But I mean, you know, if you re- I think what those guys are talking about really this I mean I might be giving them too much credit, but like there was a period when movies were like. You know, the two that pop into my head are Five Easy Pieces and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which are respectively about an unhappy guy wandering around and an unhappy woman wandering around. And they, they, the color is muddy. The, you know, it is, they're ugly to look at and the performances are really great, but they do look more or less like life. And right. I, well, you know, I mean, but you know. I... I I also like, I'll go to see. It's not like I just everything I watch is either leave it to me or, or, you know, doesn't have like, you know, there's plenty of movies that have, you know, that kind of color grading or are set more realistically. And I'm not, if that's your jam, of course, you should watch whatever you like. But the weird complaint makes I just don't think that why, why don't they make more gritty movies or I can't watch this unless it's extreme. Uh, That's what I don't copy. Like, I I think that a, I like a spectrum of things. Yeah. So, So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, that's, I agree with you completely. Um, So we should get our final thoughts on the blob and uh and then come around for endorsements if if people if people have endorsements uh so i think that we started with tony didn't we wait where did we start you started with me oh we started with joya it was joya tony drew and then i'll go so joya final thoughts the blob well um, I'll, i'll close with what i started by saying which is i don't think that i think that this film definitely shows you kind of what um some of the the values of that time or whatever in that the there's a lot of talk about the girl and or, and her boyfriend and whatever, but there's mostly um, she gets gra- like like I said, the people keep grabbing her by the arm, which drives people nuts. Then there's the whole you know the dad, the way he talks about her, the skirts and the and whatever. And there's no minorities, and there's just all these you know these interactions between all these white males, and that's just what I'm so aware of now in these films is that you know we just the lack of of diversity and the lack of equality. Um, mm-hmm. That's one thing that I, I kind of stood out to me a little bit in more in the context of what we've been talking about recently than it had would have before, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that the special effect is pretty cool. I don't know that we talked about that, of the actual blob, how it's made. Well, we talked about how the foods and whatever that, that you might make, but it's made of a um, mixture of red dye and silicone, which never dried out. It's still in this five-gallon pail. 
<laughs> yeah. that, that gets oh that gets displayed at the blob fest um and uh so that was pretty cool looking i mean i thought for given that what they had to work with they did a pretty good job of with the miniatures and and the and the blob thing making it seem like it was animated it's you know self and like auto what is it auto what's the word for moves yourself what moves itself um I don't know. but anyway sorry autonomous yeah okay. well autonomous i was thinking like like you know uh, maybe auto ambulatory whatever whatever the word would be is that, that it moves on its own that it kind of got mm-hmm. it really looked like that um so yeah i think it's a, a fun film for everyone i think people will enjoy it if they haven't seen it already fantastic tony what are your final thoughts yeah, I like I like it a lot. I think it's important, uh, almost more so for what films come after it. Mm. The kind of creeping terror films, or which there were many, trying to capitalize on its success, and even a you know a sequel, Son of the Blob. Um, oh, the, God, yes. Julia's totally right. The effect is really pretty cool they did a really good job when it's spreading over the old man and also agree with drew that is a terrible terrible mishap um yeah and it grab i mean it grabs the doctor and the nurse who comes in you know neither of those people were supposed to be there that day and yet they get eaten eats yeah. a ton of you know people in the theater all of that stuff where they forced it through things and they're kind of forcing it under the door it's uh really effective i and a lot of it i think still holds up um I've seen far worse, uh, either CG wise or just practical effects today than than the blob that's in this movie. Um, some of the matte painting stuff maybe not as convincing, but a lot of it's really great. Um, it is a little slower paced than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody's going to dig that. Uh, but if you want a little bit more action, you can watch the remake, which is really good, which we should cover sometime because I think it's a solid. It is of the '80s in the way that this is of its time <laughs> definitely yes uh, motorcycles and jackets and mullets and the whole everything about the remake <laughs> um, I, I wonder if that's going to be your endorsement or, or anybody's endorsement is the, no i mean i think we should i think we should do that one at some point it's i like it a lot um yeah it's really but uh yeah i, I enjoy this movie uh i was glad to revisit it um and yeah it's it's a seminal film as far as horror goes i think very cool Drew, what are your thoughts? I liked watching this. I don't know that I have much else to. Uh, <laughs> you, add you don't have to, to. Yeah, do, do, whatever you like. Add. I I also like the remake quite a bit, and I wouldn't mind doing it at some point um, if we ever get back into eighties stuff. But uh, yeah, this is a fun movie, and uh, you know, inventive and cool looking. So I I enjoyed revisiting this. Very cool. Uh, I really, I think that we've, we've covered everything that I wanted to. I've really enjoyed watching this movie and talking about it. It's one of my favorites. It is something that I would watch many, many times. The color is just fantastic. This is one of those movies that I would love to just go run around in. Um, and I think it's giving us a good look at a small town in, in Pennsylvania. And it is just funny thinking, given how long ago this is, 60 years, I mean, this... Stephen McQueen here is, is, like I said, living a lot closer to the 19th century uh, than the 20th. So it's, um, that's the blob. Let's get our endorsements. Uh, I don't know. I really literally know. I haven't talked to any of you about what you're going to endorse. I'm curious. I know that everybody's been super busy. So what's going down? Julia, what do you got for us? I have been thinking about what I've been discovering the last few weeks. And I think the thing I want to, uh, I want to endorse, even though I haven't watched a whole lot of it is Patrick Melrose, 
which is a TV series that um, stars Benedict Cumberbatch. And it is really interesting. It's got Hugo Weaving and it's about this um, adult alcoholic drug addict who is whose father dies and he is now kind of revisiting all of the abuse that his father inflicted on him and dealing with the aftermath of his father dying his father is played by hugo weaving and it's just i mean he's so interesting to watch benedict cumberbatch so i haven't watched more than a couple of episodes but i'm really um enjoying it. it's on showtime for those who have access to it it has jennifer jason lee as his mom and um and blythe danner and uh it's just very jennifer jason lee is his mom when he's young you know um it's very interesting by that dinner's his mother when she's when in the current day and allison williams is in it and it's just a really fun no i shouldn't say fun actually it's dark but it's interesting program very cool tony what do you got for us uh i picked up uh devil man classic collection uh recently and it's the finally the translation of the original Devil Man manga uh, done by uh, the translation works done by Zach Davison that I've mentioned, I think, a few times on the show. He's done a lot of really great translations for classic manga, uh, works with my friend Steven on Wayward, um, has written books about Japanese ghosts and the supernatural in Japan, all around really good writer. Um, so the translation is top notch. But it's great to finally see uh, Devil Man as it uh, was originally supposed to be. The special effects translations are great. It's a high quality hardcover book. Uh, maybe a little bit pricier than most people are looking at um, as far as manga goes. It's like about twenty six bucks or so on Amazon. Um, you know, most manga is like ten bucks, but I think it's well worth it. It's a great hardcover book. Um, lots of cool stuff in there and i'm looking forward to getting the rest of the collections as they come out um on that note uh discotheque media who are kind of the bastions of classic anime are also going to release uh the original ovas which is how i first saw devil man outside of just pictures of devil man where he looks more like a, like the 70s one where he's more like superhero-y yeah. um the OVA was the first like we're gonna take this back to the manga it's gonna be weird but weird in different more grounded way because cool. you can also get the original devil man anime like on dvd and that the 70s one's crazy town it's glorious because it's crazy town but uh and in that same thing i actually bought this uh japanese band anthem which i highly recommend their song the show must go on is in the original ova so i have been listening to a ton of anthem i got the very best of um sent to me from japan man i love that we live in this world where like i can get a you know 80s japanese metal band shipped to me uh that's amazing but yeah anthem and stuff is on youtube uh i would say if you are interested start with the show must go on if you like ezo loudness um any of those 80s uh metal bands this you will not be disappointed by anthem wow so, yeah that's fabulous by the way i was just looking at, at photos of devil man while you were talking and i came across this one demon called what is she called psycho jenny psycho oh yeah jenny, <laughs> yeah psycho jenny is just a giant girl's head yep on on legs 
It's yep. just a head on legs, and she's like, and she also looks looks quite psycho. And you know, wouldn't you be? Oh. I mean, it's it's it goes without saying. She has a lot of powers. Apparently, she has telepathy, and she's a giant head. So yeah. She's got that by the way, I do not recommend you waste your time with the live action Devil Man, other than a few sequences that have kind of neat CG. Um, no, don't be fooled. Like it's it's okay to skip that one. Okay. <laughs> my opinion very cool all right uh drew what do you have for us well it's kind of an unfinished endorsement because i haven't actually uh finished watching it yet um i have had a very long week so i <laughs> with a lot of burning the candle on several ends uh so for the brief moment i was able to sit down i got on amazon prime and watched a good portion of crisis on earth x which is a crossover between supergirl arrow the flash and legends of tomorrow where they fight a yeah, bunch just... of super villains super villains from Nazi Earth. Uh, it is a CW, a TV, CW TV movie, so it does have a great deal of hokiness to it, but I feel like that's kind of part of the charm of those shows, and I just enjoy seeing superheroes punch Nazis. So, uh, you know, there was, there was a certain degree of, of stress relief in seeing that, especially with a lot of the stuff that's been in the news lately so uh i i hope that it continues to entertain i i i unfortunately was not able to finish it before i had to call in but i'm still endorsing it because i enjoyed what i did watch of it it's it's fantastic and you should check out the the uh uh phil jimenez poster for the crisis on earth x which you know you can just do a google search for it but he did a 1970s style you know jla jsa crisis style poster for for that tv crossover and it's it's everything that you're thinking it is <laughs> i i feel good. i feel like everything that should have been charming about the dcu movies the, the dc tv shows does a thousand times better and yeah. they only really have what i would call one a-list dc superhero which is the flash like the rest of them is all like are all like b and c listers but i kind of enjoy that even about about it because you get to see characters that that would probably be you know side sidelined by batman and superman yeah. uh sort of take the lead and you know there's something kind of cool about that you know i so i i hope that i enjoy the rest of it as much as i've enjoyed the 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 parts of it that i have watched but i'm with you man and i i also love the flash that's in the flash tv show is a billion times more watchable than the flash that was in uh the justice league movie in my opinion well he actually seems like barry allen whereas the flash and the you know if i might get uber nerdy for a second like the flash in the movie seemed more like impulse to me yeah. i don't know what that guy seemed like but I don't really want to watch another movie with him. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, I, I feel, I don't know. I always feel bad. Like the actor was doing what he was supposed to do. It's not to impugn him. That flash that I watched, I don't I, give me the TV one like any day times a million, but I don't it's, know. Uh, but yeah, it, I'm with you, Drew. I totally agree. It, it's a, uh they're just doing a wonderful job i i don't i you know whatever i i laughed at the flash in the movie but i love this tv universe and uh and you know the the girls in my house are both you know big lovers of that of that tv that tv universe superman does show up by the way he is a recurring character on superman. i i i 
I, I figure, but like, he's definitely not the. He's not a regular. He's not a regular he's by any stretch. He's not the focus, and I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I enjoy seeing, you know, uh, you know, like the Adam get more of the do. I enjoy seeing, you know, uh, you know, Firestorm and all that stuff. Like, like I, like characters they that would probably not be front and center and in, in, in a regular DC movie situation where they have access to all the a-list characters a hundred percent of the time well, and the, um, they've developed a real a real voice that involves just a sort of enjoy the characters enjoy how goofy their world is they really seem to be aware of how remarkable their world is that they can time travel and they've got powers and you know weird stuff happens nobody stays dead i mean well, it's it, you know there's, they there's live- also there's also a lot of really good mind mind bending sci-fi concepts that they like yeah. to try. Like that is something they definitely carry over from, you know, Silver Age comic books is that, you know, they're not afraid to get really weird. And, you know, I I I enjoy that. Like that's something I sometimes feel like superhero movies. I wish they would they're starting superhero movies are starting. I feel like um, you know, the superhero movies are starting to catch up with the sort of gleeful weirdness that that because superheroes are weird. It's like one of the things that I like about superhero comic book is that superhero comics are actually kind of weird when you look at them from a certain perspective. And you know, the, I feel like these Arrowverse shows really kind of go whole on the hog with that. And uh, my endorsement is I, this is a strange one. Basically, uh, you may know that we're doing at least for the summer, another podcast, which is the California Tiki podcast. I'm not endorsing the California Tiki podcast because, you know, I object to it. No, I, I my point is <laughs> I don't I don't want to like just endorse that. But we watched a movie and it ended up we're not doing a show on the movie uh, because we just decided that it didn't really fit our theme as well as we hoped. But I wanted to share it with you. Julia and I watched a movie called My Blood Runs Cold. And it is a 19... And angel is, in fact, the centerfold. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My Blood Runs Cold, 1965, starring Troy Donahue and Joey, uh, Joey Heatherton. And it is, it is amazing because it's, it's, it's got possible reincarnation and, and uh, diving for hidden caves and, and, you know, lost lockets and, and all sorts. And it's a wonderful, beautiful black and white. It's like one of these black and white movies that, that just looks really, really gorgeous. And uh, I enjoyed it. And so that's, um, yeah, my, my blood runs cold. That's, that's my recommendation of the week. Before we, before you dismiss us, Jason, I just wanted to yeah. say happy Father's Day to you and to all the dads. I know you and Tony are pet dads, and um, certainly to all of our dads and everyone else out there who is serving that role for someone or has done so. Um, we are very lucky in this household to have Jason as my girl's dad because he's just awesome. He's very encouraging of all of their interests and their talents, and he's definitely put let you know left his mark on them. They're they're writers. And ge- writers and geeks, <laughs> and um, you know, very um, yeah, they have they have a great relationship with their dad. So, just wanted to say that. That's yeah. very kind of you. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> and may if you you know may your monsters if you <laughs> all of you Frankenstein's out there may your children not be the monsters <laughs> that the monster became. <laughs> Maybe they be the best monsters. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. All right. Uh, if you are listening to this show and you've actually made it this far through, we really appreciate it. We want you to come to the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you agree with things that we said about the blob or Steve McQueen or five easy pieces or whatever else. And, and we will totally engage with that. And uh, we hope that you're back next week. I have no idea. Actually, uh, we might be off next week because I know that, um, that uh, some people are traveling. So we'll figure that out. But we'll be back very, very soon with uh, yet more. We have a couple more movies in the, in the Atomic Age horror. And I'm not feeling tired yet. This is, this is a lot of fun. So that's it. Uh, let us know. Leave reviews. It helps people find the show. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody. Bye. Good night. Good night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.